to down to down to. Yeah. Miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. I don't want it. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's, 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 it's a real one. I don't use it, but it's Not real. in your vocab? Down to down. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Right. No. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecker, part of DailyThunder.com. Also, Dash Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 5 o'clock Central Time. If you're listening to us on Dash, welcome. We are an Oklahoma City Thunder show. And today, we are brought to you by Metro Brokers of Oklahoma. And the guy you should go to there is Grady Carter of Homeboy OK. Grady is a GRI designee, which means that he knows everything about getting you into the home of your dreams here in the Oklahoma City area. He knows the market well. He knows how to sell your home. He knows how to buy you a great home. And he also is just a great human being, a great person to get to know. He'll make the process easy. He'll make it fun. So contact Grady today, homeboyok.com, homeboyok on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Please check him out today. With me today, very special guest, Billy Martin of Good Charlotte and a super Thunder fan here to talk about your team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Billy, how's it going? Hey, Andrew. What's up, man? I'm good. Uh, so, Billy, this has been a tough season. We we kind of been talking on Twitter about how excited we were for the upcoming season. You know, you got Paul George, Carmelo, and things have kind of face-planted. Uh, but what are your, what are your like general thoughts on the team? What have your what what has it been like for you being a fan of the Thunder so far? You know, it's been frustrating, obviously. Um, so weird. The Warriors win was such a big moment for us. You know, yeah. all the Thunder fans needed that, and they came out and just destroyed them. And everyone thought, like, okay, it, it just took uh, took a little bit of that to get them motivated, and then it went right back to business as usual. But the talent is there. There's no question that, that this team is not made up of great basketball players. So I'm certainly not ready to give up on the Thunder. Um, I think that Steven Adams is emerging to be one of the you know top five, if not top three big men in the NBA, if he can continue on the path he's in. Um, so, you know, they keep talking about the big three, but I think the Thunder's got big four and they're all really talented and they just got to figure something out. And what that answer is, um, if someone knew, they wouldn't be struggling. Right. So that's it. But I really still think that there's hope. I do. I think I know what it is. I think it's that you're not raking your leaves enough, Billy. Right? I know, man. <laughs> and I hate and I hate raking leaves, but I've gotten this <laughs> habit of listening to your podcast. What whether it's you know, when it's warmer outside, I'm, you know, mowing the lawn, I listen to the podcast, shoveling snow, raking leaves, I put the pad- podcast on, I listen to it, and they'd gotten to a very strange habit of winning every time <laughs> we went out to rake leaves. So uh yeah, that's not gonna work for me because I don't want to rake leaves, but if this is what it takes We'll, we'll get someone to keep just dumping leaves year round on my yard just so I can go rake them. We're gonna you know? come playoff time. I'm going to be shipping leaves to your house Seriously, for you right? to rake. <laughs> if they're winning, I will gladly uh, I will gladly take them. <laughs> uh, so the Thunder play tonight in Indiana, big homecoming for Paul George. Uh, you also have the Victor Oladipo factor. Like there are like a, there's a million articles about Victor Oladipo this week about how good he's been. And like I, 
I'm really he, happy for him. Yeah, absolutely. And he should get the praise. I loved it when he was on the Thunder. I always thought, man, that guy's a great basketball player. I think, you know, and I hate to say it because Westbrook is my favorite player in the NBA. I love Westbrook. You know what he did for this team, what he did last year. It's really hard to play in Westbrook's shadow. Mm-hmm. It is. You know what I mean? Um, he is just a superstar, dominant player in every aspect of the game. And, you know, look how many people, I mean, I keep seeing articles, everyone leaves the Thunder and then they become a superstar. I mean, A, they're getting to watch underneath the, one of the best dudes of all time and learn you know, and then take that somewhere else and then become the main ball handler on that team and become a superstar. So good. You know, I don't think it's the Thunder's fault. I don't think it's Westbrook's fault. Um, but yes, the whole Oladipo thing, it's crazy to see what he's doing, but I'm not surprised either. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the best shape of his life. He's, and the thing is, and I talked to, we talked about this on Monday is that he's playing, they're playing five out. When you're playing five out, you have all the space on the floor. And that was the problem with the Thunder last year. Everybody, even me, like I wondered, like, why doesn't he drive to the basket more? Well, probably because there's no lane to the basket open. You know, you have sure. Robertson clogging the lane. You have Adams clogging the lane. You have Sabonis clogging the lane. And then that's, and then, you know, Russ was a good spot up shooter last year, uh, but he doesn't move off ball. And so there was sure. really no, no room for that, you know, this Victor Oladipo to happen here in OKC. True. Um, and that, that team just didn't fit well together. Uh, I think that Vic would definitely be better here in OKC this year, but you, we may not be seeing this version just because it seems like the, the circumstances are really aligned for Vic in Indiana. Absolutely. And uh, sometimes, you know, that's just what it takes for a player to realize, you know, I, I'm a good player, but I don't belong on this team and give me a shot on another team and they thrive. And, and that's yep. what you're seeing. So, yep, I'm stoked, stoked for him for sure. But he better not do good tonight. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so Robertson's going to miss again tonight. Uh, uh, so which, you know, we could have definitely used him against Oladipo. But the, the biggest thing for the Thunder is that, you know, they were hanging with the Hornets and then they just, the defense fell off a cliff and they couldn't make anything in the third quarter. And it's a lot of it is these third quarter runs that other teams go on against the Thunder. It's when the defense gets lazy and they just stop making shots. And yeah. everybody's always asking, like, what's wrong with the Thunder? How are they going to fix this? I mean, to be honest, like, the, really the only thing that needs to happen is their shots need to go in. Cause they have to make shots. And how, why, you know, it's so weird. Like, I keep reading things where people say, Westbrook, maybe he's just not good anymore. Like we saw the peak of him last year. We saw this amazing season from him and that's it. Like he used it all up. He's not good anymore. And I keep thinking, no, it doesn't work like that. You know, you don't have a season like you had last season and then just don't have it this year. You know, either, you know, we're all human. You have personal things in your life that get in your head and you struggle with those things and they come into you. You know, there's been a million times where I'm on stage in front of, you know, 50,000 people and my hands are playing the songs, but my brain's a million miles away because I'm thinking about something, you know, and you still have to do your job. You have to get out there and people are watching you do your job. You know, not to say what I do is the same as an athlete, but I understand what it's like to get in front of a crowd of people who expect you to do what they expect you to do. And your head is not always there, you know, and you're, it's only human. So, you know, maybe he's going through something. He also has a kid and a life and all that yes. kind of stuff. And, I, you know, like you're a dad, I'm a dad. Like you think about that stuff. It changes your life. Your brain is 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 not just focused on one thing anymore. You're thinking about a lot of other things. And 
this may be a transitional season for him to figure out, you know, how do I balance both sides of my life and be the best player? And you know what? If that's what it takes. That's what it takes. I'd love it to take like another day or two. Right. <laughs> you know, be hours, ready to go. Yeah. But everybody's human, you know? You don't think Westbrook's is human because he plays like he does, but he is. So, yeah, I, I don't know why the shots are not going in. Yeah, it's it's something that people don't talk enough about is a human element. And, I mean, you know, the infant stage uh, is not an easy stage of life yeah, for no anyone. Way. I no way. probably sucked at my job, <laughs> you know, whenever my kids were babies. And that's just, I don't know, it's tough. Like, it's just a, t- it's a tough stage of life. And sure. it sometimes feels never ending whenever you're like up every single night, getting like two hours of sleep. Um, I mean, that could be a factor. It honestly could, because Westbrook, sure. like you said, is a person who's had a yep. baby. So but uh we don't want to thunder fans don't want to hear that they don't want to hear about real human things they just want to see the ball go in yeah Um, (laughs) and i think it eventually i think that it will i just think that this can't keep happening they can't be the 28th best shooting team in the nba like that just can't happen i just think and then like the second or third best defensive team right? right it's very very strange right it's very odd and if you if they can just be the 13th or 14th best team you know in offense like they're going to be elite um, right. So, but, but you know, the crazy thing is, you know, when you look at the wins and loss columns, what they're only like four or five games behind the fourth place team on the West, you know, right. as, as far as wins go. So it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, there, there's two teams on each, uh, division that are making anything that matters right now. And then there's everybody else, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah, the Thunder are being helped by a lot of different things right now. Sure. Um, ex- on the exterior. So it'll be, it's, it's not over. A lot of people want to write the Thunder off now, and a lot of Paul George trade talks are happening right now. I can assure you that the Thunder are not going to trade Paul George anytime no. soon. I think that I think they got to write it out, you know? Yes. If they're, if they're on track to make the playoffs, they are not trading Paul George. No way. No matter what. And I, don't, and I don't think Paul George wants to go anywhere. I think, you know, if anyone's got one foot in, one foot out, you know, uh, obviously, maybe Carmelo ditching the media and some of his reaction, you would think he, he may be a little frustrated. But I, from what I see, I feel like Paul George is all in. Yeah. You know? And, and what situation, I, and I guess you could, you could find one, but the Thunder, I just want to be able to evaluate it in April instead of today. Because a lot of, of people just want to basically act like the season's over today and what's going to happen with Paul George. And, and that's the way it is every year. And, the you know, the Cavs have been like this with LeBron and with Kevin Love and guys like that. And they're still there. And, you know, there's there's turmoil when you lose. And, you know, if the Thunder can turn turn this around and maybe win, you know, two out of three or win all three of these games this weekend, then everything yeah. looks way different come sure. Monday morning. So it'll it'll be... It's a, it's a very very interesting stretch for the Thunder, no doubt. It it is it is you know, and uh, I'm so bummed because I'm going to be in o- I'm going to be in Oklahoma City uh, this weekend, and there's yeah. no home games. So <laughs> I always like to try to get to go to a game when I come to town, but not this weekend. So I'll be I'll be watching from TV somewhere. Uh, a place that you can watch the game is the press, uh, which is in the Plaza District near downtown OKC. Okay. So you got to go okay. to the press. They're a sponsor of today's show. Oh, I took, excellent. took my wife and family there uh, on Sunday, and I got the buffalo mac and cheese. It's got buffalo chicken on top of mac and cheese with blue cheese in it, and it's unbelievable. Uh, you should be a food critic. You always talk about, you know, like your custards <laughs> and your food dishes and a 
<laughs> you got that part down. Uh, Ooh, the press. All right, I'll have to remember this. Got to go check out the press. Uh, let's go to some questions. Okay. This one is from at Jess2437. She says, hi to the music man. She said, why do you follow the thunder so fiercely? Uh, yes, I, I get asked this question all the time because, yes, I'm not from Oklahoma and I don't live in Oklahoma. I'm, I'm actually from Maryland, uh, although I've never really felt a connection to the Wizards. It's, you know, I live near Baltimore and that's the D.C. team, so it's kind of the home team, but not really. However, uh, my wife, who I met in high school, grew up in Oklahoma City. She lives in Edmond for a while. She lived in Oklahoma City for a while. And uh, she moved to Maryland, I think, in her sophomore year of high school where we met. And yeah, we've been together for almost 18, 18 years now. Oh, wow. So I've been visiting Oklahoma um, ever since we met for almost 18 years. We got lots of family lives out there in Norman and Moore and Oklahoma City. So yeah, I, I visit all the time. It almost feels like a, a second home for me now. And um, I'm just a huge basketball fan. And as soon as uh, the, the OKC got a team, she was like, hey, Oklahoma's got a basketball team. And I was like, cool, well, then that's my team, too. And uh, it's kind of cool because we have that together. She watches every game with me, although I was dying to do this podcast because she's like, oh, my God, I can't talk about basketball <laughs> all the time, every day. I'll watch the games with you, but, you know, I, I can't go over every stat with you. I'm, I'm sitting in the phone, you know, in the car on my phone, just scrolling through, reading stats off from each game and trying to figure things out. And she's just like, uh-huh. Yeah. So, yes. This, this was very, very needed for me. But either way, I love Oklahoma. Um, it's just crazy to think, hey, they got a team and I'll support it. And, you know, a season or two later, they've got two just massive superstars on their team. And just the whole watching the rise of Oklahoma has been awesome. So, yes, that's why I'm a Thunder fan. And, uh, yeah, I, lo- I love it. And like I said, I'm, I'm going to be in uh, – my, my wife's sister is graduating from OU this weekend, actually. Oh, okay. So we're going out um, – you know, she went to OU back like as a teenager at high school and then just stopped for years. And then she's been online classing uh, to graduate. And uh, so us and all the family are going out to Oklahoma to uh, to watch her walk and get to hang out in Oklahoma for the weekend. Very so, yeah. good. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. The Alistair Hogg. This is kind of a controversial question. Okay. He says, he's not suggesting that Presti do this or even entertain the thought. But out of curiosity, what do you think Russ's trade value is at the moment? Russell's trade value is high as it gets. He is a superstar that no one has seen in this league like this. There's no question that he may be having a slump, but I think his trade value is as high as it can get. But yeah, don't even think about it, please. Yeah, and he, especially on his five-year deal, like you, you've got him locked up. So that was the question last season because it, it, it may have gotten to that at some point. You know, they don't do the Paul George trade. You know, Russ doesn't re-sign. Then you're talking about his trade value being a little bit lower than it is now. But he's locked up. Uh, but you actually can't trade Russ until the anniversary of when he signed his extension. Which okay. is September 29th, which is also Kevin Durant's birthday. Um, so like they, they plan that stuff, you know. <laughs> of course. Uh so he can't be traded. So okay. we can't can't even, can't even entertain the idea at this point. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. Good because I really want to buy one of those sweet New Jerseys, and I don't want it to be a non-existent right after I buy it. Yeah, no good kidding. to know. Those are so cool. They are nice. Uh, Jess two four three seven again. Please discuss Paul George and Mel's response to the "Do you respect Billy?" questions they got asked today, which was yesterday, and yeah, decode yeah, so. the heck out of it. <laughs> 
I mean, I think in any working relationship, when media is involved, I mean, I try to relate myself with the band to this kind of stuff. Because sure, you get asked interviews and you get asked personal questions and you have to guard yourself sometimes, you know, even if if you're frustrated with your record label or something or, or management or someone who you don't think is doing your band the way they should be, you still have to work with that person, you know, unless you really are choosing not to be, you know, on that team or with that person anymore. So... I do think that we're never going to get their complete, honest uh, response to how they feel about other players or other coaches or coaching staff. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think about him as a coach. You know, I know that that's probably the next couple questions. Is what do you think about him <laughs> as a coach? But as far as de- decoding what they said, um, I think that they're like, listen, he's our coach and we respect him. And that's sort of how this relationship works. But do they are they 100% on board with with how things are happening probably not yeah i i think that there is a respect level there for billy um but it, it is it would be interesting to get like some truth serum and hear their unfiltered thoughts Absolutely. on on how the season's gone because they talk about the game plan and how billy has laid out a great game plan for them uh which i and then they don't do it and right they, and then they execute it for like a quarter and then they stop and so is that bad habits? Is that thinking that the game plan won't work? But what's funny is that every time they've used the game plan to a T, so fourth quarter against Utah, they're doing everything Billy wants them to do. Basically the whole Warriors game, for the most part, they're doing what Billy wants them to do. Uh, and then you have games like against Charlotte. Well, they didn't really do a whole lot of what Billy wanted them to do in that game, and they just get crushed. And, yeah. you know, the same thing second half against Boston, against Portland, Sacramento, Denver, like all these teams where they're just playing iso ball and they are just falling flat on their faces and then you know they pull out another win because they're doing what billy tells them to do it's just really it's it's been an interesting dynamic this season and it's it's hard to say that you know their relationship is great because it probably isn't and i don't think that any relationship in the nba is good whenever you're losing um but you're right they're definitely putting on a face for it i do think that he does have the respect of the locker room but at some point when you are below 500, you do have to take a look around and say, like, what? Like, right. why isn't this working? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and unfortunately, coaches don't have the star power that the players have. So the first person who they're going to look to change is the coach before the players, you know? Yes, this is a star-driven league. And absolutely the have any inkling that they can keep Paul George after this season – and you know maybe Paul is discontent with Billy, which I don't yeah. think I don't think it's I don't think he is. But if he was, uh, they they would choose probably choose Paul if Paul said I'm staying. If you go get me whoever, and I and that's exactly. the, that's the yeah. biggest problem to me is that everybody wants to fire Billy Donovan, but then what's what's after that? Like what right. what next? Well, what other what other like amazing coaches are out there looking you know for jobs? I don't know. You know, like yeah. another thing is I don't know college basketball that well. I don't really follow it, so I know he was a respected coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the NBA is new, you know, maybe the NBA is just a different vibe than college coaching, and um, it's he's still learning as well. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah, and I mean Russ is obviously incredible, but he's also not the easiest player to coach. Sure, and he does all he does. All he does a ton of great things, but he also does things that coaches probably drive coaches mad. He doesn't move off the ball. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't set screens. All things that Billy very much values, uh, and he shows that in the type of role players that he likes to play. 
who do those type of things. And, you know, it's probably maddening as a coach to see him, you know, set like four screens all season and, and things like sure. that. I was just going to say, like, can you compile some video footage of a pick and roll where Westbrook <laughs> is the one like getting the pass and going to the basket, you know, oh. versus dishing, you know, like, does that happen? No, that does not <laughs> you know? happen. They don't but exist. imagine what different <laughs> the game it would be if, you know, he's setting the picks and Adams is dropping it off to him flying by, you know, like those, they, the opposite of, of the, the pick and roll. It'd, it'd be nice to see some new moves like that. But, you yeah. know, not every player can be great at everything. Right. Although if there's one guy who could be, I believe it can be Westbrook. Yeah. Uh, this is from ZJ Grizzle. Does Brian Davis know anything about Abrinas other than the fact that he speaks Spanish? Ugh, he just likes to yell senor, right? <laughs> he does. <laughs> the other night, he so Abrinas was all alone, drains the three from the top of the, the three-point arc. And he says, how do you say sandwich in Spanish? Because he could have, <laughs> was like, what? And what are you even talking about? And first of all, you just say sandwich. <laughs> that's yeah. how you say sandwich in Spanish. Probably the same. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, you know, I, 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 you'd think those commentators, they can't know everything about everybody. But the local guys who commentate on the same team all season, you'd think they might learn a little bit more They're, info. They are pretty brutal. Amazingly yeah. nice men, but pretty brutal on the broadcast. Um, and it's taken them what? Like how many years to decide whether it's Robertson or Roberson? Right? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah. I can't even go there right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ZJ Grizzle, uh, another question: Who would you rather have, Abrinas, Anthony Morrow, Steve Novak, Karan Butler, Kevin Martin, or Daquan Cook? Ooh, that's a good question. A, b- a bunch of you know the ghost of Christmas past right there. Right. Thunder, right? Right. Uh, I love Abrinas. I think he's a great shooter. I also really loved Daquan Cook, DC for three, right? Yeah. You know, like, man, I thought he was awesome. He he had a couple big shots for the Thunder when they really needed it. Yeah. Um, I was sad to see him. He's playing in the EuroLeague now, right? Somewhere? Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's a bummer, man. I think he, him and Abrinas out of the, that whole group are, are the two I think I would pick as far as... As far as like your 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 three point shooter goes, yeah, I'm I'm a huge Abrinas guy. Uh, you know, Kevin Martin when he was in OKC, like if I could go in a time machine and get that Kevin Martin, like he was really good for the yeah. Thunder. No, no, I I agree. Um, you know, there's a couple of the guys like uh, like Butler. I thought would have been a bigger impact, and that kind of didn't yeah. work so good. Mm-hmm. Um, couple couple of those other guys where they pull in for a minute that that just didn't happen. But yeah, yeah, I like the I like the Daquan Cook. I did. Yeah. Um, let's go to at orbit underscore P3. Is Tupat starting to settle in and should he see increased minutes? I'm all for being positive, but I'm going to say no. It's just not happening with him. Okay. I don't know. There were, I think there was big expectations. What what a great percentage he had from the three-point line with Toronto. And I kept thinking, man, finally we got two just dangerous sharpshooters. And I don't know. I'm just not seeing it from my side what do you what do you think he's had a brutal start there's no question but physically to me he's looking better and better every every day so i sure i i think that he needs a a chance to play and i thought this with the brinus too and he's seen that in the past couple of games but i think he needs a chance to play with better players they're sure. they're playing him like at, not just with the bench right right when they play the i mean the billy and in the Charlotte game where he played the all bench lineups right. um, and Patterson is your center. I mean, that's, you're just setting, I feel like he's been set up to fail a lot. Yeah, this that's season. true. But you know, like if he's getting in, if he's getting seven or eight minutes a game, he's got to make a three. You know what I mean? If you're getting yeah. in like, and, and if he, every time he put him in the game, he knows he's good to knock one down. 
there's going to be more minutes, but you know, I don't know. He seems like a good dude. You know, like I know when he first got signed, mm-hmm. he did that, like that little baby got back video that he did on his, <laughs> on his social medias. And I was like, okay, the guy's funny. He's got a good, good attitude and he's a good shooter. It seemed like a, a welcome addition and I'd love to see him thrive, but I don't know. I'm just not seeing it. I think as time goes on, he's going to have a bigger impact with with this team. I just think I'd like to see him play next to Steven Adams, which hasn't happened sure. a whole lot this season. So uh that that's what I'd like to see. Ultimately I you know the starting unit has had a lot of success together. But I would still like to see what the Thunder look like with Patterson starting in place of Mello, where you have this low usage defensive guy uh, and you just let Paul George and Russ kind of go off. And, I, and I've been kind of against this in the past, but I just, you know, Bill, Billy changes a lot of things, but never changes the starting lineup. I'd like True. to see him change it. I'd like to see, you know, Patrick get in there because he def- he's a better defender than Melo is, and he's just strictly a spot-up shooter, and that's it. And so I just wonder, if he was given those wide-open looks, is he, would he be able to knock him down? I just would like to see it. Uh, I don't think, I'd, I'd love, think we will, but yeah. I'd love to think that he could, but you know what? I think that putting Mello on the bench is going to change his, his head too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think I just don't think, and I think Billy knows that if I ask Mello to sit on the bench, I'm not getting a hundred percent of Mello anymore. I'm going to get 60% of him because I've already like shot, shot him, you know, shot one of his feet and he's done. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bummer, but you know, I think he's earned the respect to be a starter. He's been in the league for a long time. He's one of the best shooters we've ever seen. Like he should be starting. And it just it, it's almost like there's a certain respect level things that messes up the chemistry because you just have to do certain things and I think that's just one of those things that the Thunder has to learn to live with uh that he's a starter and that's where he should be, you know? I yeah. don't know. No, I I totally get it. And I feel like the low-hanging fruit for this team is one fire Billy Donovan and two Mellow Socks get him out of here. Yeah, uh, the, right. the Thunder have I mean, the Thunder have bigger problems than what those two are doing. If they, you know, if if Russ and Paul George were just hitting an average amount of their shots, like the Thunder team would have a, a way different have a great record. Yeah. Uh, I feel like those two are probably unfairly maligned um, at yeah. this point. No, because Carmelo doesn't suck. I mean, look, he he helped the Warriors game was all him, man. He he was on fire that night. He was he, hitting every big shot. Every time you want to get rid of him, think about how badly he frustrated Draymond Green. Which is sure. not an easy thing to do. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I, I want, you know, when I first heard Carmelo was maybe coming to the Thunder, I was like, oh, really? And then I thought about <laughs> it. Like, I was like, no, of course I want. Yeah, of course. Yes, I want Carmelo on the team. You know, we want as many all stars as we can have on our team. That's what it takes. Yes, he still raises so. the ceiling for the Thunder team. Are there nights that in the regular season that he's going to hurt you? Sure. But ultimately, yeah. Like, what's the goal of this Thunder team? Like, a lot of people are saying, oh, they shouldn't have done the Paul George trade. They shouldn't have, uh, they should have just come back with the same team. Oh, then you're talking to like a six, seven seed again. And so right. the point of basketball is to get the best players on your team right. and win the game. You know, why not? Of course, you want three all stars on your team. You have to go for it. And if anybody yeah. says they should, they should, you know, if they go back in time and I'm like you're crazy, like, and this, yeah, the Thunder season isn't over. Like, this, yeah. a lot of people want to write them off. Don't do it. Uh, Bangelope, one of our loyal listeners, she said that she has some chucks that were signed by your band way back in 2000 when you played oh, a nice. in Tucson with Sugar Colt. Oh, nice. She just wanted Very you to cool. know. <laughs> oh, thanks. Hey, I remember Sugar Colt. Those guys were good dudes. And that, yeah, that was a while ago. So cool. Um, I hope, uh, hope we were nice. How many pairs of chucks have you signed? 
Oh, I mean, I've signed lots of shoes. Yeah, Chucks. I don't know. Maybe pro- probably a lot. Of, I couldn't guess. Yeah. It's, it's bad when you don't know how many shoes you've signed, yeah. right? <laughs> um, Bruce Sawa says, "If we are two thirds of the way through the season and the team continues to play like this, what would you do? See the season out or blow it up? See the season out. I mean, what, blow it out so that Paul George leaves and we get like a rookie pick instead or something like that. Yeah. Like, no thanks." Um, I, I, I want to do whatever we can to keep this squad together and then move around some of the smaller pieces. I think that, I think, you know, having three all-stars plus Steven Adams on your team and, uh, all-star defender like Robert Robertson, like the, the starting five for me is, is like a must keep plus Jeremy Grant. I love Jeremy Grant. I think he's awesome. Um, I don't know how you feel about him. Um, I know he has some hit or miss moments, but the way he dunks makes me feel like I'm watching the 90s basketball or something. You know, I love the way he dunks. I like the way he plays. And last year to this year, I think he's a much, much improved player. Um, so, yeah, uh, the starting five plus Grant, I think, are great. I think everybody else, um, we could move some pieces around and it'd be a whole different team. Yeah, I think that Sam Presti is going to do something, too, before the trade deadline. That there will be some kind of role player, you know, whether it's Abrinas or Ferguson or somebody – uh, that has a little bit of value that they can move for kind of a win now role player. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would be surprised if that didn't happen. Uh, sure. And the o- the only way that I'd blow it up is if Paul George goes to the media and says, "Hey, I'm leaving, yeah. Yeah. and I want to go to the Lakers or I want to go play with LeBron wherever he's going." Yep. And, and then you start making calls. Then you then you you know accept the call from cleveland and say all right we'll take the nets pick and jay crowder and you know just give us give us corver so you can just keep doing that thing in the corner (laughs) um yeah or you call i mean i think something and i don't know that the sixers would do this actually probably think they would not but i think at that point if you could get paul george to agree to like a you know wink wink i will resign with the sixers deal i think Calling and asking for Markel Fultz and salary filler would be really interesting for both teams. Yeah, it's just so hard to lose an all-star for, you know, a potential player and a potential future option. You know, I mean, I understand that's the way this works, but us Thunder fans who have been in here since we watched them get to the finals and then just, you know, go downhill from there. Like we need like revenge and we need it soon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. And it's it's hard to think about. I know I'm Presty is obviously thinking about what's right for the bigger picture. But as a fan, you're like, man, it's like I just I want to see something good happen soon. I just think all Thunder, all the loyal Thunder fans need it. But you know that's that's not up to us. Yeah. But I see what you're saying. You know, there is options. If it's not going to happen, Presty's a magician, man. As one person, I don't doubt will make the best move possible. Yes, and I would. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I'd be very, very surprised if they make any Paul George move. Uh, I think that even if they're like the six or seven seed going into the playoffs, I still think they're they were going to bet on themselves and say this team is sure. built for the playoffs. We have these superstars plus you know an all star role player type and Stephen Adams and you know sure. we're, I mean, we'll we'll take our chances against anyone. And I you know I wouldn't blame them for that. I actually probably encourage that because i think if you do like end up getting the playoffs and you don't have paul george and you know you play him out in round one like i mean that would be such a disappointing thing to happen oh, Thunder i fans. know i know i know and and of course we all think we all imagine the situations you know like last year's playoffs was not pretty either um but 
Yeah, I just think they just need a little bit more time. I think this is the pieces are moving, and uh, I don't know. They, they shouldn't be losing still, but they are. Yeah. Uh, Stephen D. Myers. Hey, Billy. As a Billy yourself, how do you feel Billy has done coaching this year? From your perspective, Billy, should Billy be fired? I mean, I know we kind of touched on this already. Uh, I think... I don't know. Like you said, it's it's low hanging fruit. Is is that the, the first thing people think? Yeah. Do I think he should be fired? Maybe not. Um, but like you said, some truth serum would be really nice. You know, is is what he are they really not doing what he's saying? Is he really setting up awesome plays that they're refusing to do? Is is he timid in the locker room? You know, like you look at guys like Pop and people are like, Oh, you know, he's like, you know, one of the greatest of all times and he's probably also scares his players in the locker room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you need a little bit more of that sometimes? Maybe Billy Donovan is too nice. Maybe he's just a good guy kind of coach. Um, and maybe this Thunder needs someone to come in and shake them up a little bit. But I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know how he coaches. I don't really know his college career. So I'm certainly not uh, not one to, to, to say what I think should be the call on him. Yeah, I don't think he should be fired. I really – I just don't – I just don't know that it's going to help this team. If you're thinking like Mo Cheeks is going to take over and be a good head coach, I uh, I don't see that. Uh, you know, I've seen Billy be a great coach in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and they almost got to the NBA Finals. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that he's you know he's frustrating as a regular season coach because of some of the rotations that he makes, and he you know that's been Billy. He's had three seasons with OKC, and he's done this exact same thing every season. Where you're like, well, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? You know, and at the end of the day, with the Thunder, when they had that Durant last, the last Durant and Ibaka team, like you're mm-hmm. like, oh, like I see it now because yep. he needed to know what these guys could do in every situation, and by the playoffs, he knew it, and he was able to adapt very quickly. You know, to you know, beat a San Antonio team that was very good, and really out coach Steve Kerr. You know, and all it really took, you know, for the Warriors to win that series was, you know, Clay Thompson getting just super hot. And then yeah. basically the series was over and that wasn't coaching. Like dudes could get hot sure. from three Absolutely. and that wasn't Billy's fault. And so uh, I just don't, I just don't, I don't, I guess I don't disagree that he, sh- I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't love the job that he's done this season, but I just don't know what's next like fire him and then what and they're like what's the plan because if you don't have a plan in place you know if you don't have a coach in waiting or you don't have an assistant that you really trust then like you're just kind of screwed yeah and that's you know like i said is there how many other superstar coaches are just sitting around waiting for that call you know and and there's not a ton so then you go into someone else in your staff and you know maybe maybe that works uh but i don't know randomly uh, in New York a couple months ago, I was out there for Comic-Con um, yeah. and, and in my hotel. I went downstairs to the bar just to, to get like a bottle of water, bring it up to my room. And there's a guy standing next to me with like a Thunder polo shirt on. And I was like, oh, Thunder, nice. New York, you don't see that often. He said, oh, I'm part of the coaching staff. And he was there to watch the New York game the day huh. before. Uh, his name was Will. Uh-huh. And I was thinking like, oh, funny, because that, you know, Billy Will, that's my same name. Yeah. But it was, a, you know, really small world to run into someone. I got to sit and, and talk to Thunder thunder with him for a little bit so you know uh the whole point of the story is i'm saying you know uh thumbs up to the thunder coaching staff <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh last question this is from daniel Yerkank one uh, okay. what has been the thunder's weirdest game this season the 
weird. I mean, the Warriors came when they destroyed them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the can... best way possible. The right. weirdest game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of those other games, like I think the one against Brooklyn when they played in Mexico, oh. like there was just no life. That was like yes. the most lifeless. Just they, I uh, felt like they were almost like this one doesn't count, guys. Let's just let it happen, kind of thing. Right. That was really frustrating, and I kept thinking, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, international exposure here you're playing in mexico a lot of people are watching this game it's a big game you know i know it's like you did a lot of traveling it's late it's sort of a weird game but i would have thought that was like a big game for them to kind of show everybody what's up and i felt like they just slept through that whole game so that, that one was frustrating for me especially living on the east coast and it started at 10 p.m and you know I, i'm gonna stay up to watch every game no matter what time it comes out but to stay up till like two o'clock to watch that it's like oh man wasted time so i don't know that was a weird one for me what about you yeah i think the sacramento game was especially frustrating for me they come out and they just blow the doors off the kings and you feel like they're just gonna cruise to um a blowout win and then they just let it all go and like zebo has a throwback game and he's kind of had a throwback season anyways but uh, he was really good and the thunder just really just threw it away and it's just weird to see a team you know, come out of the gate, just destroying teams, and then just let it all go. Um, was, was Sacramento the first time they did that up by 20 and then blow it in the third quarter? Well, was I, that like the first one? or The first one was Boston. Oh, uh, right, right. The Friday right. night before that game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was at that game. I'm sitting in the media section, and everybody's kind of looking around after halftime thinking like, wow, like this right. is, you know, the start of something really big. Yeah. And then they just started the trend of killing teams in the first half and then letting it go um, in the second. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. You can. There's definitely a lot of negative things to take from all those games. But the Thunder have it in them. They to, do. To they really teams. do. And there is a good team in there somewhere. I feel like I say that every week, and I hope that I don't have to continue to say it because. Like there is, there's a special team here, and this talent. There, there's not many teams that are more talented than this Thunder team, and I think I still believe that you know, come April, we'll be looking at this team saying, "Wow, like they they have a shot. They have a shot to get to the West Finals." And sure. right, right now, that seems impossible. And you know, if you read or listen to anything put out by the Ringer, they're going to tell you that's not possible. But I I think that you can still look at some signs from the Thunder team and you know that I think they can still get there. So it, I mean, if it was one of those random teams where you have a bunch of subpar players, no superstars, but somehow they're just making it work. You would think, yeah, I don't know if I could see this happening all the way through, but like you said, the talent and the thunder is so deep that there's no way it's, it's going to go all season, but we'll see. Right. We will see. Uh, Billy, what's going on. So everybody knows that you're the guitar player for good Charlotte. Uh, I want to ask you about them about your, sure. your band, uh, but also cool. tell tell people about uh, your very talented artist. So I want, I want you to tell people about your art and then tell people about Good Charlotte. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, that's something I, I, I do a lot of. Um, you know, when uh, I guess maybe five, six years ago or something, Good Charlotte decided to take a break, um, which puts me sort of in line with that whole Westbrook story. We all started having kids. It's a lot of, <laughs> of going on tour and having a band and having a family. And, and I think people started, 
you know, we, we in the band started resenting, you know, being away from our families and we kind of just pulled it back and said, Hey, let's take a break and figure out real life for a little bit. Um, which Westbrook doesn't have that option like we did. Right. So, but yeah, so when we did that, um, I'd always been drawing kind of working, um, comics, animation, stuff like that. Um, little side jobs here and there, but it gave me a full time schedule to commit to some big projects and, and made that my full time job for a good couple of years. And, um, you know, not a good Charlotte's back making music and on tour. I get to do both and I'm very thankful for that. But yeah, I, I do some stuff for Marvel. I do some stuff for Nickelodeon. Uh, lots of just cool projects here and there where I get to draw characters that I grew up wishing that I could draw and now I get to do it. So that's amazing. Cool. Yeah. Check out yes. if you're not following him on Twitter at the Billy Martin, follow him because you'll be able to see his art and his music and really everything that he does as an artist. So um, pretty cool stuff. Uh, Thank you. So, Billy, I kind of wanted to know, what was it like? So, when Good Charlotte started to take off, like, you're starting this band. I don't know how old you were at the time, but, um, like, what what was it like to have a band that goes from, you know, you being some local guys that, you know, start a project and then it becoming something that blows up? Like, what's that like? I mean, it is is a great feeling, obviously, but... I think I sort of answer this question similar every time. It's really hard to understand what's happening when you're inside of it Mm -hmm. because things are happening fast. Um, Opportunities are coming and you just keep saying yes, yes, yes. And you keep doing them. So yeah, it's, it's, it was definitely really cool. Uh, I was still a senior in high school when we signed our record deal. So I was very, I was very young and uh, the other guys are a couple years older than me. So they were out of school, but you know, I was still, still trying to finish up my last uh, couple months of high school and all these opportunities started coming and you have to say yes. So, you know, we just worked really hard and literally graduated from high school. And the next day we got in a van and just were on tour for two years straight, pretty much just playing shows. And yeah, it just kind of keeps building little by little. And there's certain moments where you sit back in the dressing room or after a show and, you know, as a band, you have one of those sort of deep reflection talks and you think like, man we really we did something or we are where we are and we still do that stuff now i mean 20 years later we still sit back and think man it's really hard for a band let alone to get signed a lot of bands get signed put one song out and then they're done and so so let alone to get to to have a record plus a second record and we're, you know we're 20 years after our first record came out and, and somehow we're doing bigger shows than we were doing 15 years ago. So yes, we, we definitely sit back and try to reflect on the journey in your career. But yeah, I think, I think it's really hard to get perspective on it when you're on the inside. Yeah. And you guys have had amazing success and my wife and I got to come see you guys, uh, I guess about a year ago when you guys came right, through. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, you guys are still killing it. So, uh, what's, what's going on with the band right now? Uh, well, we just got back from uh, a tour over in England, which was really fun. Oh. And now everybody's everybody's home. Yeah, it was cool. I got to bring my wife and kids over there, and that's their first time getting to check out England. And my son, my oldest, is really into Harry Potter, so he couldn't wait to get to go to London. And you know, we took him to King's Cross, and they have a, a platform nine and three quarters there where you can get a photo op and cool uh, cool stuff like that that, awesome. that we were really excited about. So we got to do that. The shows were really awesome, and now we're back home for the holidays. And we're uh, starting to work on a, the next Good Charlotte record. 
so early next year, that will be the plan is start making new music and then hopefully have a record out by the summertime and be back on the road. We've already got a handful of dates that have been announced. It's like I, I know more dates in my head that we have confirmed but haven't announced yet. So I'm always scared to say a show yeah. that, that hasn't been announced. But I know um, – in, in the summer, like June, we're going to be doing a bunch of Euro stuff, like some festivals and things like that. And uh, In March, I believe, we're going to Australia, which is another place we really love going. It's been a long time, so we've been back to Australia. So, yeah, just uh, the pros and cons of having all these countries across the world where we get to play in is you can't just put a record out and go on tour in America. Sometimes it's a whole year and a half before we make it back to America because there's so many other countries that we're trying to trying to fit in. And, and like I said, everybody has families, and, and that's number one for all of us right now is, is our families, and the job is kind of number two. So we really are pacing things out where we'll go out for two weeks, and then we'll come home for four to six weeks. Instead, you know, we used to go out for eight weeks and come home for two weeks and then go back out for eight weeks and kind of just on the opposite schedule so that we don't burn ourselves out. And, and at this rate that we're pacing it, everyone still has fun. We enjoy getting, to, you know, we go out, do some shows, hang out with each other for, you know, a week and a half and go home. So it's, it's, it's good. I think we got it all figured out. That's awesome. And so you guys are like close to the 20 year mark as a band, right? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. That, that, Two, our first album came out in 2000. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's crazy. And I guess you could tell us a little bit of the secret of like longevity, but really any group like that to have that kind of longevity is pretty rare. Like what's what are some other secrets to that? I think you got to weather the storm. I think that's really important. Um, a lot of bands have that initial success and then as soon as the success goes down a notch they start to panic mm -hmm. and i think you know bands you fight with each other you stress out about stuff because your band's not the place where it was maybe the year before and then bands break up i mean it happens all the time but i think if you can fight it out and keep all of you have the same sort of end game plan and you work towards it it's like a roller coaster you can see you can kind of go back up again um you just have to wait it out and uh another thing like benji and joel the two of the brother the two brothers in our band they started their own management company during that break when we weren't doing good charlotte so you know we're sort of in control of our own career now there, there's no record label telling us what to do we don't live or die by whether the song gets on the radio i mean mtv doesn't exist anymore there's just so many different things that sort of made or make or break a band that aren't there so so now you know, we do everything independently. Um, you know, we, we run the show ourselves and those guys have done an amazing job with their management company, launching it, picking up a whole bunch of other bands and, you know, Good Charlotte being one of the bands that they manage as well. Uh, I think that's a big part of it is, is nowadays the whole DIY thing with the Internet. Every, any kid in his basement or his bedroom with a laptop, the playing field is leveled to some band who's like selling out arenas. Like yep. You can go and put a video on the Internet and anyone has the same amount of exposure. Sure, you have a built-in fan base who's going to go right to your stuff if you've been doing it for a long time. But um, it's just different. So I think when you control your own career, um, you have a lot more options these days and and it's it's been good just sort of seeing how the industry has changed so much in just those five years that we weren't active in it. We came back to it and thought, okay, things are really different. 
MTV's not around. Record sales don't really matter anymore. Um, all the rock radio stations are pretty much gone. How do we survive in, in this world? And, and do people still care about Good Charlotte? Can you take five years off and assume that when you're not an active band, people won't have moved on to a band that is more active? Mm-hmm. So that's the other scary thing. But, you know, somehow our fans still care and they're just more loyal than ever. And I, I can't be more thankful for for knowing that we, we gave it another shot and it's working. So it feels, it feels really nice. Yeah. That's amazing. Billy, thanks for coming on our show today. Again, hey, no problem. Follow Billy on Twitter at the Billy Martin. Uh, and hopefully we can get some thunder wins this weekend while you're in OKC. And I hope so too. So, uh, Hey, thanks for having me on. Like I said, I, I love talking basketball and especially the thunder. So anytime you want me on, let's, uh, let's do it. Awesome. We'll do it again soon. Cool.